Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash Millman. Hello. And joined by Jules Gill. Hello, hello. What do you guys think of Mass Effect? Great. Fantastic. It is pretty damn good. good. Fantastic franchise. Okay, remember that it's not 2007. What do you think of it now? Still good. <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't like Mass Effect Andromeda. I no. I think it was the worst uh, game in the entire franchise. Which, whereas Ash has said, it's not that bad. It's not, that's my, my favourite phrase. <laughs> it's not that bad. But no, I, uh, I played Andromeda. I bashed it all the way through. It was one of the games that killed me off gaming for a little while afterwards really? because I made myself play every single facet of it and didn't uh, didn't enjoy it that much okay. basically and it squeezed all my juices dry it is not the best game in the franchise no definitely but it is not as bad as some people vilify it for I, well, me and Jules once filmed a full 45 minute debate on this and then it ne- the camera wasn't recording or wasn't in focus no, we couldn't it wasn't use in it. focus yeah, so it something just we couldn't like, do it it looked like we'd been smeared with Vaseline or we'd gotten so angry that we'd spat on it. and I, I love that, that debate because we had this whole me and Jules had this whole debate thing around, around the launch of Andromeda because I thought yeah. the combat was really good Mm-hmm. And I thought that if you love Mass Effect enough, it was it was kind of like you know papering over the yeah. wound left behind by Mass Effect Three. But <laughs> the the, oh, it's a hell of it's a gaping wound. Oh, we'll but go into that. We'll get, yeah, we'll get back. Yeah. The, the whole point of this podcast <laughs> is to essentially ostensibly address the state of Mass Effect and if it yeah. if it has a future and the state of Bioware. Um, because the reason I like brought about the comparison with like the uh, like a decade ago is because Bioware used to be in such a stronger position. Mm-hmm. Like just bringing up their yeah. older franchises, like you had Knights of the Old Republic, you got Dragon yeah. Age, you got even Jade Empire was like one of their first quote-unquote stumbles, but that still has a, a nice audience I for actually it. played that fairly recently. I played it, it uh, last year in Summit. Mm, it doesn't hold up as well as I remember mm. it, but the combat is still possibly the best combat system that I would say that they've introduced outside of the Mass Effect mm-hmm. uh, over-the-shoulder mm. sort of stuff. Because I think if you yeah, if you take those old games and you sort of like, they obviously had a big reputation for being storytellers yeah. and they had great like mm-hmm. immaculate work with characters and mm-hmm. um, just general sort of senses of immersion and you know, they, they had this real like vibe around them where it was like, if you're going to buy a Bioware game, you knew what you were in for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's Fantastic changed. Fantastic world builders. Yeah, like yeah. great world building and like an assumption that your role in the story has a meaningful outcome kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I think that's what's changed over the years. Like I think if you look at Andromeda, the mm-hmm. only, well, for me, some of the only positives of Andromeda were in the gameplay. But that's kind of what they've focused on Wait. now when you look at like Anthem. What do you mean like? Combat. Well, oh, okay. I thought you meant like, ah, the only positive thing about this game was the gameplay, which sounds like yeah, the actual yeah. game. No, no, just, just <laughs> the hands-on stuff. For, for me, Andromeda was just like, there's... 
there's so much that's wrong with it. Like, it is a <laughs> functional game, I, as in you could literally sit down and put 40, 50 hours into it and see it through. Mm-hmm. But you tell, me that, you tell me that the story was engaging. It wasn't. It was so stupid to begin with. It didn't make any sense. You're wrong, Ash. It und- it, now, I'm not saying that you're wrong. <laughs> Everyone yeah. is entitled to their opinions, but I'm just saying, like, for me, undoing some of the lore that they'd spend mm. ages, like crafting Mm -hmm. the story just didn't feel like it meant anything to me the characters felt throwaway or incredibly forced it felt like this Mm. was a game that was made by community and not with passion and I felt that there were areas where Bioware really were almost hitting their stride Mm. and then something just came along with a kosh and just just did it over You know what I mean? The cosh. But I think, yeah. I mean, looking at the, the general sort of art direction, like one of the only things that says, hey, this is a whole new galaxy or whatever, is mm. the floating space rocks at the beginning. You never really feel like you've made this mm. meaningful kind of change from the original trilogy. <laughs> um, and I, I quite like that they had, I mean, there's only like three new races in it, like the Ket and uh, the Ankara, and I forget mm. what you call uh, the, the ones that you find at the very end. And they were really all annoying because they're all very human-like the as well. People. I wanted more yeah. Hanar, like I wanted oh, right. more mm. weird-looking things. Uh, totally. Hanar and the, is it the... En- encores from the, encores, the uh, yeah. not from the ones who, who speak where they tell you the mood that they're in yeah before yeah. they speak imagine, imagine how useful that would be it's kind of like mildly annoyed with Ash hi Ash <laughs> you know what I mean like, wasn't very good. I'm offended <laughs> <laughs> how dangerous crying but the, the stuff like that is kind of what I I don't, I don't um, I'm not going to demand that they have it but if they were going to have yeah make this clean break from the original trilogy then you would assume that they would have more out of out of their kind of alien races but all we got were those like big thighed cat people and it was just a bit weird like even their just general proportions just look so strange and I was like is that meant to be intentional or have you kind of blown it up yeah. um, and it's worth quickly dropping in you can't totally defend Andromeda in a sec but it's worth dropping in a thing because um, Kotaku and Jason Schreier did a whole deep dive on why Andromeda ended up the way that it did um, and it turns out that it was a lot of infighting between the studios at Bioware yeah. um, which is and you, can tell so because, and you can tell because it's a game that just feels like it was made in piecemeal and mm. then just stitched together at the end with no sort of form or thought going mm-hmm. into it because everything like I was saying before you split it apart it's fine functional but you tell me that the driving sections and that felt good in the context of the game they felt fine to play yeah. but just they were, they're, they're, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> jump on it. You tell, you tell me. No, why, I'm why interested you... to hear all of these. Like, I know people didn't like Andromeda. I know they didn't like Mass Effect Three, and I also like Mass Effect 3's ending as well, which oh, I know, no, no, I know right, is okay. like God. blasphemy. No, see, I really liked Mass Effect Three. There we go. I'm also, I'm also thinking because the Mass Effect Three multiplayer was one of the most fun experiences I had for for yonks. I had every bit of DLC. Solid, it was yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> they're like, Ugh. I, did, I can't. I mean, the action in Mass Effect Three, like, I know that that is what they leaned really heavily into. To for that third one it was an action game yeah. rather than a narrative driven yes. game but that's fine it EA, worked, EA right. had put their claws like, their marks on that mm-hmm. at that point and this is what it was going to be and I was fine with that yeah. it seems that um, yeah the way that um, they're just like, again because it, it's kind of all wrapped up in the, the fact that they got acquired by EA in 2007 mm. but they obviously still managed to put out like Mass Effect Mass Effect 2 I still mm. maintain Mass Effect 2 is one of the best games of all time Mass Effect oh, yeah. 2 yeah. is yeah. the best game oh, it, yeah. Might, yeah. it might just it's be so good. and it's like that was under EA's wing but that was before this generation sort of kicked off in earnest and mm. a lot of the more money grubby stuff kind of came about um, and Mass Effect 3 you saw that influence a hell of a lot more where like Javik was resigned to day one DLC so if you mm. want a, a plot an integral character you and have to pay so for it additionally boring as well <laughs> what Javik? yeah of course oh, he's great <laughs> like I like the little bits of dialogue that he got when you went to different places so like cool. oh I remember this place but it's just they're like 
All right. Oh, I like Java. But either either way, though, the practice behind it, the idea of siphoning yeah, off something that we up. used to get fully. I mean, yeah. they did do uh, additional squad mates in two, but mm. like uh, Kasumi and uh, I forgot what you called the dude with the. Oh, Zayid. Zayid, yeah. yeah. They, they didn't he feel. He was boring as well. He was boring. <laughs> I literally got the suicide mission. I was like, get lost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, but they totally felt optional. It felt yeah. like this additional thing. If you, it just, you know, optionally. It's almost yeah. like cosmetic DLC if it was a character. And so, like, but then with three, it was like, oh, we're doing our first playable Prothean, or like, you can work yeah. with him or whatever, but yeah. you've got to pay for him. Um, and I think those sort of th- that weird way that of like you know EA's oversight they made them change the ending because mm. the original one was talked about online and so they had yeah. to go back and change it yeah. hence the whole star child pile of stuff that was that ending mm. um, but I think just to um, bring back up the combat side of it I mean if you guys do you guys care about Anthem the way the Anthem's gone I mean I look at it and I think that it's like Destiny it's, it's Bioware's version of Destiny mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that it holds great promise right but I feel like maybe the delivery of it is leaving something to be desired and it shows possibly mm. uh, that uh, the publisher EA has just taken all of the feedback it got from launches like Battlefront from mistakes that's made in the past mm. and not really learned anything from it no. it's 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 still poking and seeing what it can get away with, mm-hmm. but it's wrong to use a new upcoming IP to test that out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind so much if it was the, a game like FIFA because that will sell no matter what, and they can mm-hmm. try whatever backdoor shenanigans they want to get up to with that. <laughs> but at the same time, with Anthem, it needs to do well in order for that IP to survive, mm-hmm. and I love the idea of it. Right. I just wish it played the, as well as I... I don't mm-hmm. know. I, don't, I can't even get behind the idea of it because it mm-hmm. feels so much like a, ha, oh, here's Destiny, like, draw a little outline around it yeah. post it down do it again like it feels too much like an idea that's already been done especially as it's in a science fiction setting mm-hmm. I'm like if they wanted to do this they should have taken it somewhere else so that it didn't feel quite as literally oh here's a like nice copied and pasted. here's a nice yeah. design mm-hmm. let's uh, take this over here because what was some of the stuff that you quite liked in Andromeda that they could have maybe like taken into Anthem in terms of like what was the stuff that you quite liked about Ooh, the Andromeda I, outside see, the combat the whole thing I liked about Andromeda and why I defend it is because I enjoy anything in the Mass Effect universe and Same. I feel like any sort of being a, any sort of offering where I can step into that world and experience it and enjoy it and all of the the actual world building you get to do in Andromeda mm. I think is amazing where you're like re like terraforming planets and all that sort of thing. Okay. I thought it was a really nice little touch mm-hmm. and maybe that would be good in Anthem like being able to like manipulate environments to a large scale. Have agency like on a planetary scale. Yeah like but a- I, I think the main thing that makes Andromeda bearable is that it's a Mass Effect title and you get all these throwbacks to the Mass Effect Well that was always my thing it's a papering over of the wound kind of thing it's sort of a tide over but like I always thought you could tell the creative director uh, Casey Hudson wasn't on the project I mean Andromeda was made by Mass Effect 3's multiplayer team which was um, you know you sort of read that and you go okay it kind of makes sense that's why the combat is the focus and and that's why that side of it works better than sometimes the story side of it or like specific character beats and people don't really go through that much Mm. in that game Um, but then you look at like Anthem and it's like that's the tone that they've carried forward it's this very like easy act yeah. Kind of people characters going like we got this and then oh, going yeah, in, yeah. you know like we got this is like the go to <laughs> yeah. like base one hundred and one no. entertainment thing. Playing Destiny when I first like tried that like, this was like ages ago when it was first around. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first played that I just felt empty like right. the world felt empty. It was full of people Soulless. doing things, doing weird dances to each other. But it just <laughs> it felt like em- it felt like it had this massive face but nothing behind it. Whereas right, yeah. that's what Anthem is feeling like to me again just mm-hmm. from all this first look stuff like, like a it's beautiful facade. Yeah, almost, like, like it's yeah. it's. A 
such a beautiful world and everything, but because it's not actually like so much a narrative mm-hmm. as it is a multiplayer experience, mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't like it. I like games to give me something to go in there for. <laughs> I mean, are we asking too much though? Like, I mean, I, no. I, I, like, no. Uh, no. Well, that's my overall Cause, point cause, because cause of how, Anth- where they've come from. Anthem maybe missold the premise of what it was based on the very first trailer. We all thought that it was mm. going to be a story-driven thing, or there was going to be something. I mean, that they, felt like they, it was yeah. going to be like you know when they did the whole thing of uh, the vertical slice where the guy was floating through all of the different world bits. Mm. And it looked amazing, and you thought to yourself, "This is just going to be one part of a massive world at mm. right level." And it's like, nah, it's not. It seems like actually, yeah, in terms of environments, it is that. Well, I don't, I don't know for the full game, but like people have played a lot of the beta, and it's yeah. all that one, that one main biome where you've got mm. like the big waterfalls and mm. the, again floating rocks. They love yeah. floating rocks. It's and so, so sci-fi a lot of that. though. Yeah. Like I'm oh, here for a like, floating rock. I'm here for the floating rock, but you need more. I, that can't be the only thing you have. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, that, they kept saying like, oh, don't worry, we've got a Bioware story. There's going to be a Bioware story mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote, I wrote up like ups and downs on the website, and I think that there are little hints of old Bioware in there. Like you meet a character called Matthias, and he sort of splits his personality into three, and one of them is just Morden Solus, yeah. like because he's just like this weird, like you know, like technologically Does he have minded. A song? He doesn't have a song yet, oh, but uh, he doesn't have a song in the beta. But um, that, that little like kind of like old school feel of Bioware. It's like okay, someone actually took the time mm-hmm. to write a character, and it feels yeah. like a character. Yeah. And I cared when he got kidnapped and had to go get him again. Um, but then I just walked up and held X and I won the mission and it was yeah. the exact yeah. same thing yeah. in everything. Um, but that's that's the thing. Like, where do they, where are they now and where do they go from here? Like, is is Bioware fundamentally changed? And are we ever going to see something like that old run I think, again? I think that maybe Bioware has possibly uh, pigeonholed themselves mm. into the sci-fi developer who will aim big and maybe take a while to get its full message out. Like, mm. I really felt that while Star Wars, Nazi the Old Republic, was utterly fantastic... Nazi Old Republic 2, in terms of the tweaks and the balances they made, actually felt like the game that they were trying to make That's the first time around. Them. That was Obsidian. Oh, well, but they obviously like had a hand. They, I mean, yeah, they helped out. But. but it's things, it's things like that where like they've they have a concept, but I feel like they always need to get their second one out mm. to, to to establish on the promises. A made bit like an Ubisoft, like, it's like yeah, um, proof of concept. A better example would be instead of. Um, uh, Knights of the Republic would be Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2 yep. like Mass Effect 1 like oh, it's, it's a fantastic story <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of gameplay issues for it it looks like um, I remember okay. there was a review I read ages ago which is like the walking animation for Shepard looks mm. like he's trying to chew toffee with his butt cheeks <laughs> like you know yeah. and, he, like, just, he just walked and, and, yeah, and, and, like, and fighting the Geth felt very like sluggish and mm. a bit clunky okay. but then in Mass Effect 2 the action was doubled down on and it felt brilliant and mm. because of the fact they built the pedigree with the story the first time around they allowed that to develop mm-hmm. and I feel yeah. like Bioware is maybe not looking at, is looking at Anthem and just being like okay if this one doesn't do as well as we want it to then the next one will be the one mm. that will be mm. what we really and want and they're it not going to gonna keep getting those chances yeah, like if not. this one no, fails yeah. then they're not going to keep getting like the readers because why like, should you why yeah. should you give a but, like, I mean that was that was another thing was they, they immediately were out there saying hey by the way Dragon Age 4 is coming like don't worry about it like uh, and we're going to do yeah. the I'm Wolf Rider I'm excited by that I'm like yeah, yeah. sure well that's what they want yeah, but, but you see what I mean though it's kind of just like we know Anthem isn't exactly what they want but EA wanted a game to come out and we happened to just be uh, the right people at the right time and so I mean like, they'll obviously be if because uh, it was uh, some of them Bioware's higher ups were the ones that also didn't like the ending for, the original ending for Mass Effect mm-hmm. 3 so there's obviously going to be like the, the quote unquote cartoonish bean counters in, in Bioware as well as the publisher side of things yeah. and so there is a financial reality to making a Luke Grindy shooter Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, so, you know, who's to say that Bioware aren't all in on Anthem? But I think that the parts of the, their past games they focused on are things like the combat from Andromeda yeah. or the action focus that came in on Mass Effect 3. And then that's what they've started to build a game around. I mean, when was the last time we were wowed by a Bioware story? It was Mass, Mass Effect 2? Well, Mass Effect 3, I thought. The thing is, mm-hmm. you have to really take Mass Effect 3 as the ending of a franchise, not yes. just the end being the end. So Mass Effect 3 as a game as a whole, mm. uh, that story did wow me because it tied up all the different things, like mm. ignore, ignoring the final 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that is a story that wowed me. So right. I think that's fair. That's good. Say. I mean, that was 2013? Yeah, next on from Mass Effect 2, I still think Mass Effect 3 was a story that wowed okay. me. I think Andromeda has a story at its heart that needs polishing that. Mm is unbelievable wow-able. amounts of polish. Yeah, it like, needs a little, needs a little scrub, because but it's there. You say, you say it on paper and just going to argue the shepherd, blah, 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 and you're like, okay, cool, mm. whatever, that sounds all right. And then it's just like, and then nothing happens with it. And then it's like, <laughs> you uh, you just happen to be the right place at the right time. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, I hate circumstantial stories. That's oh. why my favorite- He's the chosen one. My yeah, you're the Bioware, pathfinder. <laughs> yeah, but my, my that pathfinder, that's what it was, not shepherd. Uh, my favorite one uh, that they've done is the Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Um, mm. Just because that mid-game twist everything falling apart you <laughs> traveling to the center of all this galaxy and you're having this it felt like uh, <laughs> it felt like that was our mic falling apart for the audio people it, <laughs> but it's fine 
It felt like uh, an incredibly personal tale that still managed to capture the scope mm. of a universe mm. that was collapsing in on itself due to the wars and pressures of this empire that, mm -hmm. was, built, that was being built. That was Bioware at its core and its pure storytelling. I tell you what Jesus. is um, also worth addressing is because now like, when you sort of look at all of Bioware stuff like this and you look, you look, you think of all those games like you know kind of sequentially, they've reused the same plot points over and over and over and over again, and they're in Anthem. Like I don't the whole know what you're talking about the the I ancient race of like <laughs> technology that we're all trying to figure out. Yeah. Like it was it, it was it was even in Kotor like the whole yep. go you know go to those different nodes yep. and activate stuff, completely and it's in Anthem. Different, completely different. <laughs> yeah, they swap the nouns. Out, yeah. The remnants and of the Reapers, not the same. Like. <laughs> Hangover Two is a completely separate film. Yeah. But yeah, and even in Anthem, they've got—I the, can't think what you call them now—but there's there's an ancient race that are behind why the Anthem is the name of the world, yeah. and that's what shifts around. And they're trying to figure that out. Let's just call them the Forgottians. Sure, that's, it's something like the Sources or something like the Source. My word men. was better, to be fair. <laughs> Maybe. I like they're all the, the sources. sources, but um, yeah, I mean that's that's they're one of the like things. Cheap ten piece sweets used to get down there down the corner. Oh, I like little saucer. Oh, oh, that's more of an English thing. Fizzy anyway, busy oh, sources. Point being that I think. When you look at the way that a lot of their stories, like we love all their old school stories, but they sort of had a template that they were sticking to. And I think they've innovated on the combat side, on the gameplay side, but they haven't on the story side. And even though actually in Andromeda, I remember um, not Drew Carbishin, uh, Mac Walters saying mm. that like he liked the idea of, ex of changing the dialogue system mm -hmm. so that it wasn't just binary um, Paragon and Renegade, mm. it was just like five or six options and you never really knew what was good or bad. Yeah. yeah like I that like was that. a nice idea. I do like that. Um, but I kind of read a hell of a lot after the fact saying that if you don't know what you're committing to, that yeah. therefore limits what your character actually is. Yeah. And it yeah. Ends up being this big, like miasma of grey kind of thing. It's, it's actually a, um, a, a false economy of choice. Yeah. That because basically, if you are given a, a, a vague word like threat or like something sarcasm like that, in Fallout, yeah, like sarcasm, then you actually have no control because it's a predetermined response that you are basically just going. Uh, yeah. You've got it written out for you exactly what you're going mm -hmm. to say. Then at least you have some agency over mm -hmm. those three. I'd rather have your classic good middle bad joke right. one I personally think that if you give you give me four options that are all written out and I get to choose them that to me feels like I have more control mm -hmm. rather than just being like I might tell a joke or I might yeah. punch you in the face like, yeah. like just yeah. pressing that's the fair. one button I think that yeah I think that that's, that lets you do a lot more with story branches as well mm. I mean obviously it's, it is more specific if you choose this therefore this will happen that's mm. what Fable 2 stores have um, but going forward like I mean I guess what do you want to see if they do do more Mass Effect and that was another um, thing I wanted to throw do, in do do, do, do. I was going to skip do. past that poop but still um, you were the one who said to me that they actually did do something on N7 Day like they yes. did tease something yes. which I've now forgotten the, uh, the whole thing at the end of the video was um, oh, it's N7 Day. What does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? And then at the uh, the end of it, it was a studio being like, every day we come into the work thinking about how we can make the next great Mass Effect game. Okay. Which was warming to the heart. Yes. And also exciting still. <coughs> I still get excited by hearing Mass Effect. I don't get the pit of dread that you get. Like with Bethesda games now, you get that mm. little moment where you're like, oh, please, please think, work out yeah. well. Yeah, like, because I think Mass Effect is still so tappable. Like, I yeah, mean, there's yeah. still a way to do a game that like has the right combat story split of Mass Effect. Effect 2. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe even 3. I mean, 3 has the, the best combat of the Mass Effect games. Combat. It's combat, because it definitely moves yeah. very fast. And I like that you can take, you can, uh, take cover everywhere, you can pull guys around corners, there's yeah. all that kind of thing. And, um, and I think that they, they have a way to go back to that. I would ultimately just scrub Andromeda from our lives. I, and no, go forward from there. I think it's worth being would, around. So would you stay in the Andromeda galaxy or would you go back to I, do something else? I, I think Andromeda, I don't, wouldn't scrub it from existence. I think it's I, I think would. it's fine being there. Combat. I think if they can develop the Andromeda universe, it would be good. But I think the story that has been told there is the story. Mm. I don't think there's. I don't think they the tale of the shepherd. It's, it's kind of like the they, Pathfinder. Like, it's oh, okay. The Pathfinder Androida. 
Yes, yes. Shepard yeah, in yeah, 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 that's the one. <laughs> the thing is, is that, like, uh, it's kind of like um, the Star Wars stories, like the Rogue Ones and the Han Solos. That's what I see Andromeda as, something that yeah. fits into the bigger narrative but isn't necessarily essential viewing mm. uh, in, in, in order to have, get a full appreciation of the franchise. I would recommend that people play it because of the fact that it's worth experiencing mm. just because, there, like you say, there is a massive lore dump and you do feel like you're involved in mm-hmm. a lot it's of things. It's very pretty. They fixed a lot as well. It's very pretty. But, well, when it's not bugging out. Well, well it, I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've patched a lot of that stuff now on the, on the technical side. Mm. Um, I actually, I re- when, when it initially started to leak, whether they were mm. going to do another Mass Effect and it was going to be this like side story thing yeah. and all the stuff with the arc, the idea that, um, what do you call it, the elusive man, like mm. that he'd somehow yeah. funded, like or um, Cerberus had funded this idea of a group of people, like a billionaire, like a yeah. bunch of people who believed Shepard and believed the warning about the Reaper invasion and then they set off to just escape. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. a great pivot to do and I, I wrote a whole thing about like how they could have done it or they should yeah. have done it and I totally would love if they had, I mean, I think it's too late to do it now but I think in Andromeda you could have had a bunch of characters where like some of them believe Shepard, some of them don't and yeah. you can explore, they can kind of metatextually yeah. address the end of Mass Effect 3 through a new crew yep. based on who believed him, who didn't. Oh, did you hear about I the mean, Star Child? That's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> what, I, what I think yeah. would be fantastic is if like you don't even need to go to the full war scope. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Everyone always thinks that it needs to go bigger and better for the next one and that's fine for the trilogy mm-hmm. but what about this I'm going to pitch an idea to you for the next Bring one it. if any Mass Whoa. Effect developers are watching you play as a Turian mm. and you Love are it. on the Citadel just as a police officer that is the entire <laughs> game and you basically have to undercover there's an undercover ring that's looking to either sabotage or take control of the the mainframe or mm. weapon mm. system and it's set around the time between Mass Effect 2 and 3 mm-hmm. so there's the bigger war that's going on there and but you have to hold the fort I think that would be kind of like Dragon Age 2 I think that'd be a fantastic um, spin-off as a smaller game. I don't yeah, think you get a forty-hour thing out of it. But, though. but that's the thing. Mm. I'm thinking that like Bioware should maybe scale things back. Yeah. That's the problem. Have is a that, little doubt. Like go for maybe. the story focus. Go yeah. for a personal tale that does include a few characters, but doesn't try and draw in everything because it's the weight. Uh, the weight gets boring. Yeah. Of just like you are the chosen one. Here is the secret alien doodad that will do this. It's just like just, I'm here for it just, all. just give me <laughs> a small personal tale. I would like them to do that because it would focus on story. Mm. The thing, um, DLC, the Citadel DLC was their best example of... And that I was fantastic. Like that. I, I thought it was uh, brilliant. That that was... Oh, God, I didn't like how that was like, let's just have a party. And I was like, oh, just It's no. the best example of them doing a, a small base thing that includes all the characters True. that isn't a big war. Like. And yeah. it is one of the highest rated DLCs yeah. that they've done. Well, that must be... Macaulay Ray Jepsen is the best artist on the... Pl- I mean, she's I know, pretty good. No, 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 I no. Why are you dissing yeah, Carly yeah, Ray? Yeah, like? I don't want to go there. But, um, yeah, I kind of think that they... Like I said, they have these great, like, immaculate storytelling chops mm. and you just... It's so, at the minute, it's so buried by the combat side. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the last time they sort of really focused on that. Well, I guess Dragon Age Inquisition had a lot of story. You had a lot yeah. of different romance options and stuff in that. Um, but something like the Citadel. <laughs> just who you, you can do. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a giant bull, man. Story. I want to do the giant bull. But, um, you know, something like the Citadel at least kind of highlighted that they can revisit characters mm-hmm. and plug stuff in. Yeah. If they were to reduce stuff down, that helps them on the budgetary side as well, which yep. hopefully helps with someone like EA saying how much is this going to cost us and then going yeah. from there. Um, I mean, there's, yeah. there's massive scope for... We we now associate Mass Effect with being a, an action shooter. Who's to say it needs to be? I don't know if I do. Like who's, who, yeah, but who's to say it needs to be going forward? If mm. they come back to Mass Effect, does it need to have the world exploration? Does it no. need to have yeah. all of these? Like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, like I know that people would see it as features being stripped away. Yeah. But I would take like a, a tactical squad based shooter. I'd, right. I take a I take a bloody base management sim, like <laughs> because of the fact that I find those things in that universe still. Yeah. What's the law? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like because it still builds mm. on it in a way. I would mm. just want to see the Mass Effect universe from different angles because I'm. 
maybe getting a bit fatigued with the idea of you squad base. Right. Like, have you know, like a shooters. big collector threat, like in Alien Isolation, have that instead. Everyone hiding on the ship, being like, oh God, the collectors are coming. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I would yeah. enjoy that. I think that, I mean, that, yeah, I guess like another overarching point is that idea that they've moved on from Mass Effect too quickly. Yeah. Like, because the, the official word on Mass Effect is that it's on ice, um, which is what they said after Andromeda because it was so cataclysmic yeah. kind of thing. Like, but they would like to step away from it. Mm. They totally were right. Because yeah. if, they'd, if they'd said, right, okay, we're going to release Andromeda 2 or whatever mm. it was going to be called straight away, maybe a year or two after, people would just be like, nah, do a watchdog. Yeah, I'm not keen on I that. think a lot of it is in the execute. Yeah, I mean, I think they could do, like, obviously, Anthem is a breath of fresh air, whether you, mm. well, in terms of a new IP. It's a breath of air. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of air in that yeah. game. And so, like, yeah, at least it's them kind of getting to do a new IP mm. and design something from mm. the ground up again. Even though, like I said, if you compare it formulaically, story wise, it's the same. You might as well swap the yeah. nouns around mm. again. Um, but there is that. But, like, maybe they'll go back to Mass Effect after that. The fact that they said we come into work thinking of this thing. Oh, yeah. And I get that it's on N7 Day, so they're not going to yeah. not say that. Um, but then, do you think that, do you guys think that that means that it's, they could go back to it after think, Anthem? I just, I just think that if you have, like, I don't know, it made it sound like they were in prison. Mm. Because it was just kind of like, we come to work every day thinking <laughs> about a game we'd rather make. Kinda, kinda. I back it. I think um, what people have, I can't remember where I've read this, whether it's people speculating or people wanting or mm. something. Um, I think it was literally just forums being like, we would like this, but uh, it being about, like, the Spectre Wars before my Spectre Yeah, War. yeah, yeah, the first contact war. Yeah, the first contact war, that would be, and that's a way of them going back to their big wars, mm -hmm. but also being able to... Tell the personal story of what the hell yeah. well, you, If you did the, the Tyrion thing, like, if you focused on... Because I would love it if they did focus on specific races. I yeah. love the stuff they do with the Krogans and the, the rituals getting, and everything. I'm getting a bit sick of humans, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. thing, because loads of people in Scrolls like, love uh, playing as other races. Oh, like, I'm I, always a Khajiit. I'm always a Argonian, so but it's like... Much. Yeah, like, I, like, that's one of the best things. If you're going to do escapism, if you're going to do yeah. all the like all the potential allegories to real-world problems and stuff, mm. you can do them by embodying a different race mm. or a different person altogether. Mm. So, again, like I said, the, the Mass Effect, like, the lore is just so tappable for something yeah. else. It's so mineable for something else. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I hope they do another numbered one and put a stamp on this is Mass Effect 4, I guess it yeah. would be. Yeah. The next, the next five, as it were. Yeah. Mass Effect 0 if it's going back to the, the Contact Wars. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the first Contact Wars have been covered so much in, like, the books and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to be able to play it. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where else they would, like... I don't know where else you could take, like, an, another... I keep thinking about this formula you've laid mm. out about it being a big war and it getting bigger and bigger because that is what it is doing. Like yeah. It definitely yeah. is. But once you've had like world-ending gods appear, it's not really going to... You're not going to top it again, are you? Like, no. Unless unless you do it again, but from a different angle and you do it from uh, a, like a fatalist perspective of the Prothean mm. race where basically like you are fighting and you know you're going to lose, but right. it's you getting like the um, the uh, Animatrix where it's like getting that message Shout. out. Yeah. Like, mm. So the whole game is just building up to you helping the next generation of people try yeah. and survive. Well, that really worked with, like, Rogue One. Like, you can... Because, yeah. I, I mean, I would go back to the Shepard stuff. I would I would love for them to address the end of Mass Effect 3 in some way. I don't really mind how you do it, but I would love that they sort of... Because they did the extended cut, and then they yeah. just pretended it never happened after that. And it was yeah. like, now we're doing Andromeda, and we're going to a different galaxy, so we don't have to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. I know. And then yeah. everyone who's in that game doesn't even know how it, the Shepard story yeah. ended because yeah. they've already and left. And that's a real shame. And that was their way of yeah. just not never addressing it. So I think I would like them to, to be able to reapproach like, something that happened in that timeline or mm -hmm. some way of addressing the end of Mass Effect three but whatever you guys let us know what you think down in the comments below if you're on the video version or find us on social media if you're listening on the various platforms that we're available on this has been the what culture gaming podcast i've been your host scott tilford joined by ash Milman. goodbye and joined by jules girl go follow me at retro j with a zero over on twitter good lord we'll catch you next time Thank you.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. 